Welcome to the Radical Christ where we are looking at donkeys and Jesus. And here's a poem by G.K. Chesterton. When fishes flew in forest walks and figs grew upon thorn, some moment when the moon was blood, then surely I was born with monstrous head and sickening cry and ears like errant wings, the devil's walking parody on all four-footed things. The tattered outlaw of the earth of ancient crooked walls, starve, scourge, deride me. I am dumb. I keep my secret still. Fools! For I also had my hour, one far fierce hour and sweet. There was a shout about my ears and palms before my feet. G.K. Chesterton's The Donkey. We're looking at Palm Sunday. And here's a ditty from my childhood with a little bit of change. Inky Pinky Ponky, Jesus rode a donkey. Jesus died, no one cried. Inky Pinky Ponky, don't go away. So we're coming ever closer to the abject failure of Jesus's mission and life and I know it drives people nuts when I say that but I do believe that if Jesus is the map and I do believe he is for every human life and that everything Jesus experienced is the human experience then Jesus's experience of failure is definitely the crucifixion but we'll get to that on the Easter weekend which is a week away. This week I want to speak about Jesus on a donkey. Or, to be a little more highbrow, the decolonial Christ. Yes, it is a word. Decolonial is a word that has been formed by South American scholars to describe the process that has been very much in our minds um, over the past number of years as we have become aware of the tremendous toll and costs that colonization has had on humanity. Um, histo historical colonialism is normally associated with that process that happened in the 16th and 17th centuries when the European powers expanded their reach into newly discovered continents. <laughs> they didn't discover the continents, the continents had always been there with lots of people living there but the Europeans had discovered them and they'd also discovered their riches and so colonization is normally refers to this wave um, in which continents were subjugated, um, indigenous populations were destroyed or enslaved, their cultures and their religions were replaced. Of course colonization didn't happen for the first time the ancient Greeks and Romans, uh, the Phoenicians had, had colonized in their sea journeys all over um, on land and on sea. Uh, <clears throat> the Romans had got as far as India um, and the expansionism. So wherever there's expansionism, there is colonization. And even the Crusades, the Christian Crusades were a form of colonization of the Levant, of the area around Palestine. But nothing had happened on the scale of which of the 16th century um, sea voyages um, of exploration. 
and the destruction of human lives and communities and the environment and the terrible human rights abuses have been very well documented. Um, and I'm not going to uh, <coughs> dwell on that too much. We know that it was a terrible, terrible era in human history. The big mistake, however, <coughs> is to think that colonization or colonialism ended um, when the European powers had carved up the third world on the maps of, uh, and, and, and partitioned um, things amongst themselves. <coughs> um, colonization is alive and well. Slavery as well as religious and cultural hegemony is still with us. There is still a lot of superiority and domination of people by others. Um, it doesn't redraw the world map. It doesn't change um, our maps and the lines on the maps. But its impact is every bit as life-changing and oppressive. And continents, whole continents like Africa, South America, and the subcontinents of India and China have and are continue to be colonized at a vast rate. And the interesting thing is that the previous colonized ones, the previous colonies, are in fact now the colonists. And I'm talking about what has come to be known as the United States of America. They are the ones who are carrying out huge scale um, colonization right now. Now, I don't want this to seem that the United States is malevolent. I think it's a, a product and a function of economic capitalism, but the United States has been amazingly successful in propagating its culture globally and by dominating the cultures it has colonized um, into subjugation. Uh, take a simple example like language. My generation of South Africans um, grew up speaking United Kingdom English, or if you were to choose it in your spell checker on your computer, English UK. However, because of sanctions that were imposed on South Africa and uh, the limits of, uh, of programming from Britain and from Europe, after 1985, um, children speak in South Africa, children born after 1985 speak American English and not UK English. That's just one example, one of language. Um, and linguistic studies are able to go back into the languages and find words like gotten um, that, are, that are frozen into American and, and so they then find that happening, um, being used in the young people's language here in South Africa. But it's not just language. Look at our eating habits. Look at our portion sizes. Uh, the whole fast food culture that has become so much part of our life um, is decimating populations, not just in, in South Africa, all over the continents that I mentioned, uh, Africa, South America, um, and the subcontinents of India and China. Um, diabetes, obesity, our sedentary lifestyles, and the vehicle of American colonization is no longer the sailing vessel as it was for the Spanish and the European powers, the British. 
um, the, the vehicle of colonization is now inside our own homes. It's called the television <laughs> or your own device uh, that you're actually watching um, this video on. Um, those are now the vessels of colonization. Have a look at another dimension, which is really a dark form of slavery, is this tremendously powerful consumerism, uh, wherein we chase the American dream. And those who are least able to afford that dream chase the dream and get themselves into a debt bondage, which is every bit as vicious as the shackles of the old slave traders who came to Africa and stole people from their homes. Um, consumerism is a form of slavery. The debt that is caused by consumerism is, is the shackle, is the prison of the slavery. There's another whole part of this colonization and it arises in American fundamentalism which one finds in so many churches which adds a layer of unthinking and anti-intellectual brainwashing um, which is so pervasive and has really dumbed down um, the Christian religion into a literalistic Bible bashing exercise which is so far away from what true religion is intended to be and what this series is addressing hopefully. And of course you know the thing about being brainwashed is if you're really brainwashed, you don't know that you've been brainwashed. Um, in, in, the, in the days of struggling against apartheid, the, the hardest job was conscientizing people who were the victims of apartheid to realize that their lives were being damaged and imprisoned by apartheid because part of the whole brainwashing is to say that this is normal and this is okay. The slave that does not know he or she is a slave is really enslaved. And that's what's happening with the colonization that we're experiencing right now. This, this American wave of capitalist, consumerist, fundamentalism um, that is everywhere. And of course, it's nothing new. <laughs> um, like I said, there was colonization long before the European waves of the 16th and 17th century. Colonization had happened, and so Palm Sunday, when Jesus rides a donkey into Jerusalem, he's entering a completely colonized city at all the levels that I've just spoken about. Um, the language um, had, had become Latin because the Romans had taken power. Um, the, the, the whole culture had become a Roman culture. The currency had the emperor's head on. Emperor worship was required. Um, and, and so it had infiltrated the temple. Um, when we spoke earlier on about Jesus cleansing the temple, he threw out the forex department, which had been set up to exchange Roman coinage for the, for the Tyrian um, uh, shekel that had to be used in the temple. So Jerusalem had been completely colonized. Even the religion had been colonized by the Romans. And so when Jesus comes into Jerusalem, he's riding on a donkey and not on a Roman war horse or in a chariot. And he's reenacting something that you can find in the book of Jeremiah. If you want, I'll put something in the show notes about the references. 
but there, there is this whole understanding that a Jewish king is the servant, like David was a simple shepherd boy, the Jewish king was meant to be a humble person. Somebody who served the people, not whom the people had to serve, like a dictatorial Roman emperor. So Jesus entering Jerusalem on a donkey makes a statement. That's how Jewish kings used to come in. This simple, silly looking, as Chesterton's poem in the beginning spoke of, this, this parody animal, um, uh, the donkey. Um, to have a king on a donkey is like a, a contradiction in terms, but it's exactly that contradiction which is to point to the humility of what is required of a proper king. Rene Girard, um, the anthropologist, tells a very dark story of um, a, a mythology that he came across in an ancient, ancient civilization um, in, in what we would call the third world, um, a, 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 a tribe deep, deep, deep in Africa way back, had a ritual where if they were going to appoint a new king on the night before the investiture of the new tribal king or chieftain, there was a ritual in which the king in a private hut would commit pedophilia with a member of the tribe. I, I warned you, this is a dark story. It's a terrible story. And the king would commit pedophilia and everybody in the tribe would, knew, would know what was going on. And the next day when the king walked from that hut to the place of investiture as the king, people would throw dung at him. And they would literally say, you are shit. And they would throw this dung at the king because they would name what they knew had happened the night before. You are terrible. You are dung. We know what you did in the dark of the night. You are terrible. And the myth and the ritual of this investiture was so that that king would forever be a just and a compassionate, caring person because he knew how low he had sunk in the process of becoming the king. That kind of dark integration is sort of hinted at in the story when Jesus enters in this triumphal procession, but not on a war horse. He enters on a humble beast of burden the donkey but it's a profoundly rebellious statement against the Romans he's protesting the physical and mental colonization of Judea and Israel by Rome he's coming as the old Jewish king on the old Jewish beast of burden not in the chariot and his parade was one that recalled the servant kingship of David the shepherd as I've already said and about population of Jerusalem at that time was estimated about 600,000 people. They loved it. They cried Hosanna and, and, and worshipped him and they saw Jesus as this new David, the liberator from the Roman tyranny that so controlled and consumed their lives. Jesus, the donkey king, was inviting people to overthrow the bondage and slavery of the colonial power that had taken them over. Did it work? Well, no. 
we know the outcome. Um, somehow there's something very powerful and overwhelming about colonial powers, whether it's the 16th and the 17th century colonial powers who raped and destroyed continents like our own Africa, or whether it is invasive um, economic and consumerist um, colonization that is happening right now as we, as we are speaking. Um, there are people who take it on. There are people who go off the grid. There are people who decide not to participate in the formal economic structures. But you know, at some level, the system always fights back and tries to flip you. The flipping crowd. The flipping crowd. I'm, I'm always struck on Palm Sunday that the same crowd that on the Palm Sunday on the when Jesus rides in on the, on the King David's donkey, the Zechariah donkey, that same crowd, by the end of that week, in fact, by the Thursday night, has been flipped by those in power and are calling not Hosanna, but crucify him. Crucify him. The colonists won the battle for the hearts and the minds of the slaves of the system. And so Palm Sunday is a reminder of the invasive power of colonial mind brain washing. And we're all vulnerable to it. And there's no vaccine for this virus. Jesus had been called out and canceled, skillfully scapegoated to be crucified on the Friday morning. But that, as I say, is another story, and we'll be visiting it as we come up on the Easter drama. But um, for now, we watch Jesus trying to wake people up to go back to what is really true and valuable and meaningful. So once again, thank you for your attention, and uh, please like and subscribe. It helps the video get out there. And um, I'll see you again soon. Take care.